I'm Rev. Shannon Moore, and you're listening to the Simple Worship Podcast, recorded each week at University Christian Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Every Sunday at 9.30 a.m., we gather in the Chapel of the Good Shepherd to sing, take communion, and worship. If you'd like to join us, in person or virtually, please visit our website, universitychristian.org, for more details. We are still in the Gospel of Matthew, and we're approaching the end of this Gospel of Matthew. This is the final days of Jesus' earthly ministry before His crucifixion and His resurrection. And Jesus is getting super outspoken um, as He is nearing the end of His earthly ministry, especially with the ineffective religious leaders of His day. There's a whole chapter in Matthew's Gospel where Jesus tells the people not to listen to the religious leaders, not to follow them because they don't practice what they teach, that they create heavy burdens for them to carry around and don't help them, uh, that they make a show of themselves and expect honor and respect. He calls them blind fools. He calls them vipers, a brood of vipers and hypocrites. Jesus has done mints in any words. And then he gathers his disciples and starts telling them about a day in the future a day when the Son of Man, which is normally the term used for Jesus, will return. That He'll be returning on a cloud in power and glory. Angels will be blowing trumpets. The righteous will be gathered from the four winds. And then He starts warning the disciples with stories and predictions about the need to be watchful and prepared. Here are some of the things He says. But about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Another time he says, Keep awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. And then he says, After a parable, the Master will come on a day when he's not expected, at an hour that is not known. He will put the unprepared to the hypocrites, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I hate, I hate these, I hate these verses. They just, I think because they were such a big part of my childhood religion, um, that people were always saying, we're living in the end times and Jesus is coming back soon and you better be ready. And whenever people would start talking about that, I wanted, I wanted to talk about Christmas time, baby Jesus, or, you know, come follow me, Jesus, or love one another, Jesus. But Not this Jesus, because he seemed so mean. (laughs) I just, I didn't quite get it. So there was just this constant anxiety for me. So anytime regularly scheduled programming on TV was interrupted by a news bulletin, that was my signal to jump up, run to my bedroom, and start praying, because I knew this, there was some war had started, it was the end of the world, and, the, and so had I missed the rapture, but I couldn't have missed the rapture because mama was still here. But what if mama had missed it? Then there was no chance for me. You get the picture. It was just all of those verses just filled me with anxiety. And so today's scripture reading comes right smack in the middle of this section where Jesus keeps talking about being prepared and coming back and all that. So I'm going to read this passage, buckle up, and uh, we'll see what we can make of it. It's a parable. Jesus says, this is Matthew 25, 1 through 13, if you want to read along. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten young women took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. 
Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a shout. Look, here's the bridegroom. Come out and meet him. Then all those young women got up, trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the young women came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. And then Jesus says, Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. All right, so let's break this down. It's a parable, as I said, which is a story Jesus tells to make you think. And as I've said before, we have a tendency to try to assign meaning to this. And sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. But we always try to look at the big picture, at what Jesus is trying to, you know, the overarching picture. So he's describing in some way what the kingdom of heaven is like. Not what it specifically is, but what it is like. That's how he starts his story. The kingdom of heaven is like this. So let's take a look at what he lays out. It's a wedding. So it's a happy occasion. We've got 10 young women who have been asked to be attendants. Uh, they were all invited. They were all on time. And they all brought lamps filled with oil. So their job was to wait for the bridegroom and to light his way with their lamps and to be led inside the banquet hall. So far, so good. So if we're going to try to assign some meaning and given where this parable lies in the context of the gospel, maybe the wedding is Jesus' return, whenever that is. And the bridegroom is Jesus. And the women, all ten of them, are us. And maybe you see it differently. And if you do, I'd love for you to tell me your uh, version of it sometime. But the women, the attendants, they're all there. And they all fall asleep. At the end of the parable, Jesus says, keep awake. But all ten of them fell asleep. The only difference so far is how, how they're described. We've got five called wise because they brought extra oil and five called foolish because they didn't. They're all sound asleep and they're wakened by a shout at midnight. He's coming. The bridegroom is coming. So they trim their lamps and they're going out because the oil is running out. And this is where I typically get really defensive on behalf of the foolish, so-called foolish bridesmaids. They look to their friends and say, give us some oil, we're running out of oil. And they're, they're denied. No, there's not enough for me and you. Why? He's coming. Like, he's there. They've made it to what they were waiting for. They send them out to buy some more oil. At midnight, what, was there a Walmart? Like, where are they going to get oil at midnight? But by the time they get back, it's too late. Everybody else is inside, the door's shut. And they plead to get in, 
And again they're denied, this time by the bridegroom who says, I don't know you. I don't get that. If the bridegroom represents Jesus, how does he not know them? How can that even be possible? And what happened to sharing? <laughs> you know, aren't we taught to share? Even the Old Testament teaches us not to be selfish and to look out for our neighbors. So there has to be a different something that Jesus is trying to tell us in this story. I, I don't think it's permission not to be generous with people and to help people out. I think it's more about what you can do and what you can't do. There's two things that really stand out to me in this scripture. Being prepared, <laughs> that seems to be really important thing that Jesus is telling us to do, and knowing Jesus. Because that's the clincher of this story. I don't know you. Do you know that feeling like at school where you show up and the teacher gives you a pop quiz on the assignment that you didn't do? Or you, there's a test that you forgot was coming. Or your boss asks for the report that you forgot she asked for. You know that feeling? Am I the only? Yeah, I see a few heads nodding. Congratulations to those of you who don't. <laughs> it's sort of this feeling of helplessness, right? Like suddenly you're unanchored. You're, you don't, you're not safe. I mean, you just, your heart rate start, goes up. You're nervous. You're scared. And at that point, there's really nothing, there's nothing that can help you. Um, you just kind of have to face the consequences of being unprepared. So part of being a Christian, part of following Christ, is building a relationship with Jesus. And some of the ways we do that is by coming to worship and studying Scripture and being generous with our resources and living our lives with integrity and praying. Such an important part of building a relationship with Jesus. And nobody else can do that for you. Like, I can't pray for you. I, I can pray for you, but I can't pray for you. In other words, I can't do your praying instead of you doing it. You might be at church every time the doors are open, but you can't be my proxy. You can't attend church on my behalf. I guess you could put some money in the offering plate and put my name on it. But that wouldn't do anything for my faith journey. I can't read the Bible and imprint those words on your heart any more than I could do your studying for you for a chemistry test. Throughout our lives, the seasons of our lives, we often find ourselves in times of trouble, in times of crisis, health scares, relationship problems, financial situations feeling trapped in guilt or shame, you name it. And we feel helpless and unanchored and unsafe. And our instinct during those times very often is to pray. And that's a good idea, I think. And I believe that God hears those prayers. But if we don't have a foundation of faith, a regular prayer practice that's like putting your foot in an old shoe, 
that's comfortable, that you know how it fits, that you know how, to, how it feels, we may not even know how to begin to pray when we really need to pray. And again, somebody else can pray for you, but they can't pray for you. So if we continuously build our relationship with Jesus through prayer and walking in the way that He teaches, and be, then we can be prepared for whatever happens, to face whatever happens, whether it's those things I mentioned before or whatever happens on that final day, whenever that is, whatever that looks like. And I wonder if when the bridegroom says, I don't know you, Maybe that wasn't a final punishment, a banishment out into that darkness outside of the banquet hall. Maybe the bridegroom was saying, you never got to know me. I don't know you because you, you didn't get to know me. Jesus ends this story by saying that the door was shut. But he didn't say it was locked. So maybe all those bride attendants had to do was open the door and walk in and start talking to the bridegroom. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Simple Worship Podcast. If you have any questions, please do not hesitate to reach out to us at universitychristian.org. If you like this sermon, please share it with others. Thanks again and have a blessed week. Thank you.